swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ores. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rocket shoes to every clue, Easter eggs and gaming news. The POTUS need some bad dudes to crash a crew like Bandicoot. All shit a game in English, control issues. Control Issues! Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. Uh, you can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, view it. Hop on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod. We'll put up gameplay videos for your pleasure and mosey on over to X. My control issues is the handle. Also, we got that, that email address, control issues pod at gmail.com. Send us your, your questions, your suggestions, and your words of good tidings. AMC, how you living? Living good, living well. Same old, same old, working out, hanging out with the family, going to going to little kids' birthday parties on the weekend, <laughs> shit like that. Oh, Jesus. But uh <laughs> I got a break today, so it was it was nice. Um how about how about yes. yourself? How you been? Uh, well, <laughs> some things have been have been going down. A Dub got that dual sense edge. Yes, that's both trigger. Yeah, dude, I ended up getting like stick drift on both of the sticks in both of my controllers, and I was like, I, I just can't live like this. Got the dual sense edge, and just beyond the controller itself and the new stuff it does, the thing that I been enjoying the most is just having a fresh controller with working sticks. I get on Overwatch, my shots are landing where they're supposed to land, my character's going where they're supposed to go. Like everything is it it's a it's at a point where I don't have to think about what's going on. I'm just looking at the screen and reacting. It's just having that feeling back and to have all that additional mental overhead, it enough cannot be said about that. The controller itself, it's pretty nice. It comes in that, that hard shell case. It just, just feels premium every time you unzip it and open it. Got that weight to it, whatever extra internal stuff is going on. I was trying out the back buttons. I went with the paddles at first. Wasn't really feeling them, even though I like I was getting I was still getting used to, you know, reprogramming my brain to utilize these additional buttons on the back instead of the face buttons. But I wasn't really liking the tabs much. So then I had a genius idea. I swapped them so that they kind of stick out like switches. And that was working a lot better. And then I was like, wait a minute. But they give you like little switches that you could try out. So I put in the proper switches in the proper places. And that that was the fit for me. Now I got a I got a good grip on the controller. I'm pressing the buttons, things that happen the way it's supposed to happen. Now I'm getting getting used to this. The six button setup I got going on using four fingers and holding on for dear life with my pinkies. But yeah, DualSense is pretty cool. And I like that. One quality of life thing that I really like about it is that it has those function buttons 
on the sticks. And if you hold one of them down, it brings up this little quick menu on the screen. And that's the menu where you can change which like controller preset you have. So you can program the buttons to be set up any way you want. You can save that profile, keep it on the controller. And then you can, as you're switching games and want to have different controls, you can choose the correct profile and name and all that. But that little quick menu also allows you to control the volume of the headphones. See, with just a regular dual sense, you have to press the PS button to grab the quick menu, go to the controller settings, go into the, the headphone settings, move the audio that way, then get back in the game and see if it's it's cracking for you. Whereas with the DualSense Edge, you just do that while you're in the game, do it with the D-pad. It's, it's just such a relief because every game doesn't have the same level of audio. So I'm routinely adjusting those settings whenever I play something different. So now being able to do that at the touch of a button rather than having to navigate menus is just a blessing. So, yeah, I'm enjoying yeah, I go, the hell out of that. I go, uh, I go right through the TV for my Bluetooth. Nice. So then, yeah, so then I can I can control the volume with my my headphones directly on the TV. So I don't have to. That's how that's how I avoid going to the the menu and having to change it all the time and everything. Always oh, on some next level stuff. <laughs> AMC just got the the grown man game on lock <laughs> at all time. Yeah, but yeah, got the got the Dual Sense Edge. That's cool. Nice. Got a got a new hand vacuum, and that has been awesome. You know, before. I would oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. Oh, I yes. I, yeah, I love my. Uh, <laughs> I have a hand vacuum. I love it. I love it's it. It's so good, dude. Because <laughs> like the alternative up until the point I got it, I had to pull out the whole vacuum, <laughs> drop the the bundle of cables, plug it in, take off the unit from from the wand, extend the tube, put the attachment on, clean up the mess, put everything back tie the cable back up, put it back in the closet. Now I just pull out this little vacuum, clean up the mess, put the little vacuum back. Yes. <laughs> I'm just loving simplifying a life, man. I've had my eyes on the hand back for quite some time. I can just never justify the experience. Like, nah, I got a vacuum cleaner, whatever. But, you know, now your boy got a little more disposable income, got the title to his car. So, yeah, man, I'm starting to catch up on the little on the little things I've, I've wanted to make my life just a little bit easier. So I got that. I got the dual sense edge. Let's change things. And yeah, man, just chilling, trying to stay on top of working out and investing in myself and, and the, <laughs> the later years of my life. So yeah, that's about that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the, the video games. A dub. What have you been playing? Mm. Well, uh, for a good minute, a good hot minute. I was playing the living daylights out of Everspace 2. I uh, can't say enough about that game. It's just, it's just awesome. It's so many places to go and explore and every location you go into, there's all kinds of, you know, just puzzles and like space puzzles, which makes no sense. It's not something that I ever would have thought to ask for, but I'm absolutely in love with the space puzzles in Everspace 2 and like, I'll spend maybe a couple hours scouring a given location, trying to find all the secrets, solve all the puzzles, clear the area out, get the mainframe component, upgrade my skills a little bit. And then 
I'll I'll jump to another system, open the map, highlight the place I just was, and it's like, oh, you missed two secret stashes, you missed you missed four location secrets, and you still haven't found two of the minerals that can be mined here. I'm just like, oh, M G, it's just so much content. I love the hell out of it. However, I had to take a side step. <laughs> another side step. <laughs> I had to pick another side step from another game. <laughs> this has been these past like this past month, really. These past thirty days has just been the worst from my backlog because you know I got Diablo Four in June, played the, the ever loving bejesus out of that, maxed out a character, beat the campaign. Then I got I got Cat Quest one and two, still working my way through one. And, you know, was having a good time with that. Was playing the hell out of Overwatch 2. Had a good time. And then Remnant 2 comes out of nowhere. So I picked that up. Fall in love with it. Still front runner for my game of the year. It, at least for the next few days. Even and after playing the game that just came out? Even after playing the game that just came <laughs> Damn. out. <laughs> Damn. Okay. So we'll, we'll get to that. But Remnant 2... Yeah, it came out of nowhere. It's still holding strong as my personal game of the year. Then um, the Neverspace 2 came along. I backed that on Kickstarter, so the developer sent me a, a digital code. Been playing that for a good while. But then the dream game came. The hopes and dreams game came. The game where I lost hope, but I still held on to the dream game. A decade of wishing, wanting. Armored Core 6. Finally real. Like it was it was actually surreal in a way because it's Armored Core 6 came out one week before Starfield is supposed to go in early access. So all that time, I'm just counting the days to Starfield. And then I look up like, oh wait a minute, Armored Core comes out in like two days. <laughs> so that was nice. I appreciate Starfield for easing the weight to Armored Core. And I appreciate Armored Core for helping to pass the time until Starfield. But right now I have Armored Core. It it feels amazing just controlling that mech. I don't know what they did, but just everything about the way it moves and the way that you make it move feel right like for instance you could you could just boost straight up or you could try to boost straight up and move forward but if you press the quick boost while in midair it'll it'll give your mech momentum so you move forward faster in midair it's also something like where you're where you're boosting upward like the momentum goes up. So if you let go, the mech is still going up and it'll hit it'll hit a zenith before it starts coming down. And it's just little things like whenever you turn the mech or do anything, it fires its its quick boosters like to to attenuate. <laughs> it's very much like a crap or a spaceship. It it just it feels good in the hands. You can move the camera around and see everything. It's got a soft lock and a hard lock system that you can easily switch between and then it gets down to the combat and that's where this game is just on a whole nother level within the franchise like just playing it it feels like the best of every numbered entry up until that point while still feeling like something totally different the big hook for this game is that you want to you want to stagger your enemies which opens them up to 
take direct damage. And that's when you really start hurting them. And you just cut them down. So, you know, I'm getting more acclimated to the kind of aggression that the game is trying to get out of the player. Like if if you're trying to play this like the old armor cores where you could just use cover and circle strafe and like just make sure that you shoot the enemy more than you get shot, then you're you're gonna get blown up. But if you're in the nitty gritty and you're just overwhelming the opponent with the correct amount of force, like you you just prevent them from being able to mount an offense or come up with a reasonable defense. You know, before I was all about the missiles. I was all about, you know, the rifles because largely that's what was available available to me. But over time, once once the grenades became available, once the once the metal pile became available, just, you know, I started getting up close and personal with the fights. A tough enemy shows up, I'm getting up in your face, double shotgun to the face, maybe a laser sword to the face, just really timing their movements, hitting them with grenades. I'm, I'm pleased that they brought back the arena uh, before they were making it seem like the arena was just going to be a PvP thing, but it looks like the the PvP mode is a separate tab called Nest, and the arena is still the classic Armor Core arena where you start at the bottom and you got to climb your way up the ladder through all the different combatants, earn, earning money along the way, raising your rank up. Uh, I haven't earned any parts from the arena, which is uh, you know, that's a little disappointing, but they have other systems in place that sort of supplement for that. Like, for one, a lot of missions have parts hidden within them. I, I managed to get an entire mech from one level. Other levels, you know, you'll get, you get a generator or you get guns or a missile launcher or something. Um, and But they also have what they call the log hunt. And what happens is you're going on missions, you're going through the campaign, you're progressing the story. But within the pretty massive levels that have like a lot of a lot of off paths that you can go and explore and find different areas that aren't necessarily on your route to an objective. And in those areas, you'll find enemies that have battle logs. And if you beat them, you collect those finish the mission, they tally toward your score, and every time you reach a new level with the battle logs, you get a new part. So that's another way for you to get some additional items in your garage so you can assemble all different kinds of mechs. I mean, I've, I've bounced around the gamut of what I want to do, and ultimately, it's looking like just <laughs> a Gatling gun, two double barrel grenade launchers on my back and a laser sword. That's what's getting everybody taken care of out there. So until some better stuff comes around, that's what I'm going to be sticking to. And you can see that on twitch.tv slash control issues pod. Um, I'm very satisfied with armor core six. I believe I'm getting close to the end of it. Like I'm definitely over the halfway point and I'm just, you know, taking my time trying to push, a mission or two along whenever I can. It's just, uh, I'm in chapter three. I believe there's four chapters and the current mission I'm on, like the stretch to the checkpoint is pretty long. I got to go through this whole level filled with lesser enemies that are shooting at me from all angles. Then I get into the more narrow section where now I'm dealing with slightly tougher enemies 
and we're in a tighter a tighter confine and then uh in the like in the last room what i'm guessing is before the checkpoint they send out this heavily armored back with a with a shield and dude just cut me down was hit was stun locking me <laughs> it just tore me to shreds I, i'm looking on the internet and it's looking like people are having trouble with the bosses like the the combat is very tough as nails you have to be very aggressive you have to know what you're doing you have to know why you're doing it and you have to know when you're doing it. because the the bosses are just like if you can't figure out a way to keep them as vulnerable as possible for as long as possible you won't outlast it just won't happen so every time I'll like there's rarely a boss I'll beat on the first try. I usually have to come back two, three, four, five, six times before it's eventually like, okay, so I got this weapon, this is working, these shoulder weapons are working. Okay, should I go quadruped so I could float? Should I go just bipedal just to keep my mobility up? And you know, eventually you figure out that when you come. Armored Core, it, it's as Armored Core as it needs to be in this modern era. There are a lot of things from the past that I personally enjoyed in the franchise that aren't present in this one. And you know what? That's not, that's not too bad because what's here is very refined, is highly engaging. I recommend if you like challenging games, if you like science fiction, if you like mechs, if you're a fan of FromSoft and you want to get a different flavor than Souls, try out Armored Core. It's I I stand by it. I've stood by it since 1997, and I'm not leaving. But uh, AMC, what have you been playing? Um, mainly two games. You know the same old, same old. That being Stardew Valley, that was a game I played every night this week. Um, still pushing for that perfectionist completion. Uh, at this point, we maxed out our relationships with all the townspeople, so we got that that done. We bought. All of the obelisks, which are, which are these teleporters around the different uh, various areas in the map. We got that, so that's checked off. Two of the big ones we're working on right now are Monster Slayer, which is um, this one where you have to kill like a certain amount of each of the uh, the enemies. And I'm on the final enemy, which I, I still need about like, I think like around like 70 of them. So I'm just going to be working on that. But yeah, pushing through like this in-game content. To, to finally get this um this game completed and we're just enjoying it can't get enough of it we actually because we had to go to that kid's birthday party yesterday we didn't get our afternoon session in so we're kind of fiending for it so can't wait to get mm -hmm. back into stardew valley tonight and just like we have everything lined up and every time you think you're almost done you're like oh shit i gotta do this thing now like for example um i'm crafting all these things and I saw like I'm looking and I'm like, wait, I should be done. Like I bought all the all the recipes for for crafting. I crafted all the things that I could buy with the recipes, so I should be done. And I checked, and I was only at ninety three percent. And so I looked at it. And I saw a couple of things I was missing. And like one of them is, so they have these scarecrows, and they call them rare crows because you can only get them at, at certain points of the uh, the year at certain events that go on around the city. And one of the recipes I can't get until I collect all the scarecrows, which we had no idea. So <laughs> there's this one that now we have to go to the casino and earn 10,000 uh, of the casino's currency. So 10,000 chips in order to um, 
in order to buy that very last uh, scarecrow. So I have the collection completed and then I get the recipe to build that final scarecrow. So um, with that, Marissa is also working on getting the final fish and it's, it's it's called the legend and she started trying it once and it was fucking uh, legendary yes. it was yeah, legendary legend. <laughs> yeah trying to catch it just chasing it um and yeah it looks difficult as hell but that's like kind of that's the thing that she's wanted to focus on so she's all about the fishing in the game and then um yeah there's a few other things and it's just all enjoyable like some people could possibly look at it as tedious, but based on all the videos I watch, people just love every inch of this game. It's, you know, things that I think people would take for granted in other games. Like, oh, why am I having to do this again? Like, for some reason, it's just very enjoyable in Stardew Valley, at least from the standpoint of his community. They all enjoy it. There's not a lot of grumbling and you know, they're just trying to figure out ways to stretch out the game. Like, if anything, they keep adding stuff because people want to play more of the game. So they're just, they just do updates every now and then just to give something for people to jump back into. So yeah, they, people say more of the mirror, the more repetition, the better it's, and it's one of those games. It's everything is great. Even when you're doing it for the hundredth time, it's just as good as the first time. They're not trying to get you for your money. Yeah. They're not trying to extend that. It's extend that value. <laughs> so say your battle pass. Yeah. Um so then, harvest pass. Yeah, harvest pass. So you get that get that fall XP bonus, <laughs> that double <laughs> XP bonus. Um get that get that new season. Yeah. <laughs> when you yeah. when you get the premium battle pass. Get the fifth get the fifth season of the year. <laughs> season every perfect season. <laughs> All your yields are maxed out. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, and um so that's great. And then today I got to play some Diablo, so that was absolutely awesome because whenever I get an opportunity to play Diablo, like I strongly considered canceling today's episode just so I could play more Diablo. <laughs> but I, I was would, like, I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> yeah, but like a part of me was just like, it would have only been two hours. Like, I mean, not it would like I got two hours in. I should be happy with those two hours. I don't need five hours. But uh yeah, I was yeah, but I was, you deserve five hours. Yeah, no, I was so fucking tempted. But uh, yeah, so I jumped into Diablo, played, uh, got it, got in a session while Marissa took the kids to the aquarium. And um, yeah, it was awesome. Pushed through, finished Act 1. I'm in Act 2 now. Met up with the, the homie Donan and um, went to his manor, cleared that out. Fighting the Goatman <laughs> in that area. Yeah, uh, Donan, and, I forgot about him. Yeah, and I'm hoping, because it said something that the there's a quest tied to Donan, which will then eventually get my mounts, I'm hoping. So I'm like, based on what I've read there, when I go to the uh the mountain, it says what you need to do to get a to get a horse. So yeah, just pushing forward. Oh, you, you looked it up. No, no, no. It when you go to the the mount <laughs> to like try to like get it, it says you have to complete this quest before it's available. And, and it mentions Donan. And I was like, I haven't met Donan yet, so clearly. I'm not gonna be able to do this until I meet the homie. So that uh, that was why I pushed forward and through Act One. Now I'm in Act Two. Really loving the game, loving the story. Presentation's awesome. Doing exorcisms, um, leveling up my character. It's um, the different environments are great. Like just going from what was all snow and like underground to now more of a rocky terrain. Um, and yeah, and it, like I'm now around druids. Like the world. The world seems to at least like it's it's making sense. Like as I go from place to place, I'm like, oh, I know these people, and oh, I know this character from this previous game. So it's like um, this little payoff of playing previous Diablo games, and it just shows that they have a really fleshed out world that they love to like, you know, 
pull content from from previous games to add into later games and so yeah i'm absolutely enjoying it um yeah i was like just pushing the act two campaign and then side quests start popping up and i'm like yeah you know what i'm gonna do this side quest and it's just like it's so good they're always great especially whenever there's like a you need to go to this cellar <laughs> like you know it's you know it's not gonna be good when you get down to the bottom of that cellar there's always like some some type of demon like mm -hmm. waiting to waiting to turn a person waiting out. to possess somebody <laughs> yeah it's awesome and then, yeah like just nothing good character. ever happens in a cellar in the oh. yeah if they, they send you to a cellar Odds are there's a demon down in that cellar. <laughs> there's somebody writhing in pain, and there's a demon ready to pop out of that body. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's it's awesome. I I absolutely love the game. Um, I love how like the different side quests, um, like those NPCs come into play in later side quests. So it just it just seems like it's a little more connected as opposed to just random. Hey, go and do this task, and I'll give you some cash for it. Like, um, there's a little bit of a, a through line story at least with some of the side quests, which I like, especially with the uh, the sisters, um, and even like some of the the NPCs you meet in different areas of the map then come into play, like with the pie with the guy who's burning the people on the pyre. Um, so yeah, it's it's absolutely awesome. I fucking love Diablo. Whenever I get an opportunity to play it, I'm I'm loving it. I got my blood golem right now. He's he's handling business. Um, still rolling with uh my what is it like the shat? No, it's like whatever it is. It's the it's the uh the mages, the skeleton mages that that lose health every time they attack, but then they have a really heavy attack. Um, and then uh the rest of the the skeletons, and I'm just like maxing out everything I can to make my skeletons stronger. Really starting to play with um, the different, you know, items that I get. Like um, before, like I was just focusing on like, oh, this one's more powerful. But now I'm starting to really read into what actually benefits my uh, my my build. And like one of them was like, I got like a stronger thing, but then the thing I have right now adds an extra four skeletons into my Aww. army. So I'm holding on to that for as long as I can until like I'm noticing that there's a drop off in their uh, in their damage. And yeah, it's 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 great. I'm but then you just oh wait, damn. You ahead. got a piece of equipment that had like a stat thing. It's not like a legendary thing. Um yeah. Which which oh wait, what are you talking about? The four skeletons. Yeah, it is. It is a uh well it's 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 an orange. Is that legendary? But is it is it the orange text though? I think so. Why is that something that I can pull from it to exactly. add on to oh yeah, so I you I buy been... some better. You just move it up. Oh, but dub with that RNG, dub, this, I just got to grind out and just find the perfect weapon, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's you got to awesome. go through all the trash. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you brought that up because I definitely will make make a point not to salvage that then. Um, and so yeah, it's uh it's absolutely awesome. I'm loving the game. I I maxed out, not maxed out, but you know, I I wasn't. What was, what was the thing you ain't maxing out nothing? <laughs> the, uh, what was it? The the oogly booglies, the, the things that like you go to that guy with, um, whatever that currency is. I I oh, got obols. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got like I got oh, like whatever like the maxes of that, and I was like, oh shit! Like, then you start spinning this currency. I, I didn't know that I could like mm -hmm. top out at that. So I went through, bought a bunch of that shit, got some got some legendaries out of that. That's how you um, do. Yeah, it's it's great. It's yeah. I know people people have their words for for what this game is, but 
every time I play it, I love it. When I put it down, I want more of it. And when I'm playing, I don't want to stop playing it. So oh, I, you'll, you'll hit a wall at level 70. Yeah, yeah, after your 300th hour in the game, you'll, you'll really fall off of the game. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's uh, it's just everything I wanted it to be in and then some. And yeah, I'm, I'm still learning the system, still got to play around with that shit. But even then, I'm like, just holding it down. Like it's 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 like maybe the resistances or whatever they've done are, are better. But I'm like, I didn't die in today's session at all. Um, maybe once I complete it and go to Nightmare and then go to World Tier 500 and then things get a little tough, then I'll be like, oh, the game's broken. But as of right now, I'm absolutely enjoying it. Uh, so yeah, I, I can't wait to play more. But hey, Dub, let's get into these topics of the week. Topics of the week. Of the week. Oh man. Well, we had Gamescom this week, but I'm sure there's other stories. So how, how do you want to lead off this episode? Let's let's lead with a little bit of surprisingly good news. So I'm gonna hit you with some Larian news. But it's also some Microsoft news. It's some Xbox news. It's some Baldur's Gate 3 news. I think you know where I'm going with this. Baldur's Gate 3 wins big concession, allowing it to launch on Xbox in 2023. So as you guys know, Larian was having issues getting their split screen going on one of the Xboxes. And there was just in indefinite delay on Baldur's Gate 3 for the Xbox as a result to the extent that some of the more unsavory members of the community were taking to referring it as a PS5 exclusive. (laughs) But worry no more because, yeah, in a news break, it seems that whatever roadblock was in the way of Larry and bringing the game to Xbox has has been removed and an exception has been made. The quote from George Yang over at IGN goes, super happy to confirm that after meeting Phil Spencer yesterday, we found a solution that allows us to bring Baldur's Gate 3 to Xbox players this year still. It's something we've been working towards for quite some time. Uh, they went on to explain that the solution is this. Xbox Series X consoles will have the split screen feature while it won't be available on Xbox Series S. However, all the hot fixes and improvements implemented so far will be in the Xbox version. Additionally, there will be cross-save progression between the Steam and Xbox Series versions. So what this means is that Microsoft budged on the parity clause. No, but this is good news. For one, Xbox players will finally be able to get their hands on Baldur's Gate 3. And two, we're starting to see the the dam slowly eroding with this ironclad parody clause that, you know, in my personal opinion, might be doing more harm than good and not necessarily to, like, gaming as a whole and to consumers, but just as... It might be doing more harm and good just in the name of competition because it something like that stands between developers being able to just do what they want for whichever console they're able to do it for. And it just it it just kind of freezes, it just kind of maintains the status quo, which seems to be the name of the game for developers <laughs> this generation for some reason, because you know, we 
we got Elden Ring and then developers complaining like, oh, this game doesn't have solid 60 frames per second. Oh, I guess user interfaces don't matter. <laughs> and then we get Baldur's Gate 3 and like, they're, oh, don't let this be the new standard and things like that. And then now, but now we have something with Microsoft budget on the parity clause because hey, maybe in the future there'll be another exception. Maybe a developer will be able to bring a game to both platforms that doesn't have the same features or doesn't have the same or similar performance or doesn't have the same graphical standards. Well, they've, like they've done the, the non-performance in the past where basically the Series S got the 60 frames later than the X did that performance mm -hmm. boost so that's why people were like kind of saying like wait so we've seen you make an exception with performance but why not with this one feature yeah. so that's like they were kind of waiting on <laughs> it's like yeah. how come you're doing it here but not there yeah meanwhile consumers the same people who are like oh don't don't rush a game out until it's ready just breaking their necks trying to get baldur's game like oh, just just cut out the feature for the s they got what they wanted getting Baldur's Gate, are you are you Series X owners, the the minority of the Xbox Series population? You're gonna get you the split screen while the Series S, they don't get it. So you know, at least this chapter is done. And we're gonna have Baldur's Gate 3 on all the consoles. AMC, is this gonna affect your decision in any way to get Baldur's Gate 3? Well, I don't have an Xbox, so this wouldn't have played into my decision at all. Uh, I don't have a PS5. It'll be interesting to see. I do want to see how it runs once it comes out because there's a lot of like, oh, this yeah. game is perfect, and they've only played the PS the PC version. <laughs> yeah. So we don't even know how it's going to run on console still, but based on everybody's just basing the PC experience that it's going to perfectly translate to console. So I I kind of hold back um, as far as my 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 judgment of the game until we truly get it on console. But um, yeah, I think it's good. It's, it's what's good about it is the game was so popular. At least, seeing as the game was going to be so successful that Xbox had to take note, and that's what you want. You want somebody to create a problem in a way where it forces your hand. And mm -hmm. so, it was one thing with their own first-party games; they could say like, "Ah, well, we, we're just going to hold off on split screen," or blah blah blah. And we saw that they they've said that for their own. They just don't release it on either console, basically. So, yeah. like, it just you just won't see it on the X or the S. Whereas in this case, you're going to see it on the X, but not the S. So they with their first party, they've just decided to go without the feature altogether. Yeah. And so now saving it until they can get it on both. Yeah, exactly. And so now, at least with this, because there was going to be a point because it's. The thing is, people have talked about it, but it hasn't become a big enough a deal because there hasn't been a ton of games where people are like, I want this game and also I want the split screen for it. Or at least a, just a, or if anything, it's more of the I want this game and it's not coming out and we don't know why. And then it's eventually like, oh, this game doesn't have split screen. It's like, well, that's probably why <laughs> this game mm -hmm. hadn't 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 had a release date. This this is basically being Forza. Um, but yeah, it's it's just one of those things. It, I think it'll if it, it'll unclog what you're saying with the dam as far as they now have a solution at least a, a Band-Aid fix if they run into this issue with any other third-party games so that there's not this thing of like, well, you can't release it until you get this figured out. And then, you know, we go into this whole holding pattern again of when is it going to come out? Will it ever come out? Blah, blah, blah. Now they could just meet with Xbox. Xbox is just like, yeah, we want this game. So 
fuck that split screen. But it is one of those things where I do think it's not as big of a deal. As, like it's not one of those things that's utilized as much as people may may discuss it in a way. <laughs> it's like a good way of saying it. Because mm-hmm. I know people like to play couch co-op, but couch co-op doesn't necessarily mean split screen. And so um I'm not sure how many games like that I play with Marissa in general that have split screen. Um, and so, yeah, I just think about it from the perspective of now it just makes it easier to address that issue. If, if they have a game coming out and they want that, they want that feature in the game. Well, now they have this, this, this exception that they can always draw upon. And I'm sure what, Microsoft is just trying to figure out is hopefully once they get it figured out, it'll translate to every game <laughs> that, that, that correction. Uh, but until they do, yeah, they have to do something. And so I think this was the right move. Um, I think uh, the people on the series S I, I haven't really heard a lot of gripes about it. Um, so in from, of the you know, from the, the talking heads perspective, all of them have series X's and that's why I don't hear them really complaining about this at all. <laughs> like yeah, if they just, haven't just S- throwing, just throwing everybody else under the bus, like, hey, just, just don't give them the feature. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things that like, if we, if we hear some, some grumblings from the series S community about not getting Swiss screen, then I think it'd be something that will be a bigger issue. But the fact is I haven't heard it, which, leads to me to think that split screen isn't that important in general. Um, I think that they would rather have the game without split screen as opposed to um, not having it at all. Plus you can always use, like, it's not like it's, there's no multiplayer. Like you could still play online multiplayer, which is what a lot of people would do if they were playing this game, Uh, especially as, as lengthy as this game is, unless you're playing with like a sibling, like if you're playing with the homie, odds are you're playing online multiplayer. So yeah, I think it's one of those things that, you can still enjoy the game for everything that it has that it has to offer without the split screen being such a big deal. And so I think it's going to be one of those issues that people are going to be happier with, as opposed to, you know, you promised us one thing and we didn't get that. <laughs> I feel like if you bought a series X, it's either not your main console or you just don't care about it. Yeah, I can see that. Throwing that out there. Yeah, tell us, like, how, like, tell us how like, you like feel. A, yeah, it's just like a, a casual, like somebody who casually plays video games. Like, because yeah. uh, I know a lot, it seems like a lot of people they'll have like an X and they'll use the S as their portable console <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's like you know it's lighter, yada yada yada. So it's like it's one of those things that, um, yeah, I, that's why I would have to hear from because I don't even I've never heard of anybody that you know owns the S. I'm sure there, there's obviously a ton of people who own it, but yeah, I don't I don't know what type of gamers those Series S owners are but, i saw yeah. somebody in target that had just bought and you know attacked him on the shoulder and was like yeah hey, good job man gotta <laughs> 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 encourage other gamers on the wild oh man but let's get to the next topic of the week top, top, topic, topic of, of the week. week you know we'll get right into gamescom right after this break a dub and we are back after that, yes, yes, after that beautiful break. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. we are back <laughs> in this topic of the week. Top, top, top topic of the, of the week. week. As I mentioned, Gamescom happened, and your boy Jeff Keighley happened with his opening night live mm-hmm. to kick off Gamescom. You know, he shows up in every way possible at these events, does what he does to spectacular fashion. 
by having games come out by having people rush the stage and try to try to get some clout try to get their voices heard off of the back of the off of the back of jeff Keighley. but he was he wasn't having it a dove he was he was, he was so disheartened. He was so, he was so disappointed. Yeah, just uh, this is these are the people that I stand up for. <laughs> Guys in Austin three sixteen sweaters trying to talk about GTA. Two dudes rest the stage. Yeah. <laughs> um, what 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 did you think overall of the uh, event before we get into it? Very professional. Loved how just Jeff Keeley brings a level of enthusiasm and and reverence. To the gaming industry like it's it's always full of respect homage and just giving the creators the time they need to say their piece show off their products and yeah just give us things to look forward to like it's he continued even in a show where it was mostly about giving us new information about announced projects he still managed to pull out a handful of surprises that were like oh okay not bad. There we go. Got something to look forward to. So yeah, I always look forward to these shows. Always look forward to the to this particular like second half of the year season when there's the the E three period of time where everybody does their independent showcases, or there's like Tokyo Game Show, Gamescom, Game Awards, the BAFTAs, <laughs> all, all kinds of stuff. This is everything. It's it's the second half of the year is always this ongoing celebration of video games and gaming. And your man, Jeff Keighley, always, he's always there in some capacity or fashion at just multiple events, which is another thing I give him credit for because he could very easily just rest on the laurels of the Game Awards, do his December thing, get in, get out. But, you know, he shows up wherever possible. He shows up in the summer. He shows up in the fall. <laughs> it's my man, my man Keely, just trying to trying to be there, trying to get you to be enthusiastic and stop being toxic online. <laughs> How about yourself? Yeah, that was great. You know, he always, as you said, professional. You know what you're gonna get when he has an event. And um I guess it's like people shit on hosts, but also don't recognize how tough it is of a job to, you know, just keep things on track to keep things interesting. Like they might not be the wittiest person at all times, but they're, they know how to, you know, keep things moving. And it just shows like when that person interrupted, he, he didn't, he didn't swing at the dude. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't I go running. I don't push both of them off. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't run away from the guy. He just like, he just like, just turned away and then security handled him and he just kept it moving. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was great. Like he didn't, it doesn't call attention to it or, doesn't doesn't make it about him is like as you said it's all about the show and everything he does is in service of the show and so um i I can i can always appreciate that he always finds a way to get a big get get a big name out there on stage we saw we saw the god on stage so you know you always got to recognize that um yeah (laughs) if you don't know who the god is you're gonna find out yeah (laughs) so yeah it was it was absolutely awesome um i absolutely loved it but Let's get into this A-Dub. You know how we usually do it. We could go in order or we just, you know, I don't have it in order. So I kind of just like to go by things that caught our eye, things that we took note of, things that we want to comment on. So the first one I'll, I'll lead off with A-Dub. We got, we got a visit from your boys from Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Talking about season two 
a Diablo four, 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 four. So in this write up from IGN, so there's there's the snarky Verge write up, and then there's the IGN write up. Oh wow, the, really? Yeah, I went with the the IGN. Should I do the snarky Verge write up? What like, what is the snarky write up? It's just the headline. Okay, the opening line of it is. Hold on, this thing is okay. <laughs> the opening line is, "Did you drop off of Diablo Four shortly after its first season?" <laughs> Season of mal- of the malig- season of the malignant began in late July. You're not alone. So basically, already talking about people who fell off of uh, mm. Diablo. But let's go. I'm going to go back to the IGN one. I'd rather do that one. No. Um, <laughs> Diablo 4's second season is, a fi- is officially called the season of blood, and it will blood, begin blood, blood. blood on October 17, <laughs> 2023. In this new season, players will be able to adventure with a new vampire hunter companion named Ares, uh, who is voiced by Eternals Gamachan. Players will also gain access to a new questline, Vampiric Powers, five additional in-game bosses, more efficient inventory management of gems, and much more. So it's looking like we get a little bit of quality of life. We get new new enemies to battle out there, and we we get to go up against vampires, A-Dub. Um, you're a person who played the campaign you played the first season and you mm-hmm. fell off really hard from diablo so um <laughs> what, what do you what do you think about this season two offering first of all i did not fall off pretty yeah, hard I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean you put 400 hours into the game you play yeah. you play the season you got three characters ranging from level like 47 to 100 you're gonna need a palate cleanser like you're gonna need to take some time off and i'll come back to diablo for each season, do what I gotta do, and then take another break. Like I, I don't do people do people expect that Diablo would be the game that they would play forever? <laughs> like what game is the game that people play forever? I would love that game because Diablo three, which everyone seems to love now, wasn't everyone's forever game when it came out either. So whatever, and, every, and everybody was talking about how the launch. You, they could never come back from the launch in the auction yeah. houses and <laughs> yeah dead in the water yeah <laughs> now everybody loves the elevator, yeah so. yeah yeah now, now it's the the standard <laughs> so the next time anybody fixes their face to try to talk about oh well, blizzard's gone and what it used to be just remember what game you love now and you didn't love 10 years ago so that but aside from that yeah played the hell out of it and yeah, I, I did everything for season one except getting the final chapter of the season journey. Like I'm if I get my character to level one hundred and I beat both of the Uber bosses, then I can finish that off. That's I haven't even beat one Uber boss before, so I don't know what I'll need to do or how much I'll need to dedicate in order to to figure out that puzzle. And honestly, I'm in no rush to do it. I max out the battle pass. I did everything I came to do. Uh, there was just so many other games I had to split my time accordingly. However, Season of Blood coming out a day before your boy's birthday, so you know I'm going to be there. I'm gonna be checking that out, especially anxious to see the patch notes and the list of fixes and improvements that they're going to be making to the game. So that's going to be the primary draw. Got to fire up that Necromancer at long last. See what that's all about. See if I can make the minions work. People have been complaining. Oh, you can only use the bone spear at the high levels. Nah, we'll see about that. So, 
yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Looking forward to the new story. Looking forward to the vampire powers. They said, what, five new bosses? You're going to... One, one thing that they're bringing that I think everybody should be excited about is probably the one thing that's going to make people come back to the game and stick around is that they're going to give us the ability to target farm unique and uber unique items as drops. Oh. So remember everybody like, oh, it's going to take 53 years for me to get one of these drops. And it's like, okay, you don't want to play the game anyway. Remember? So, but now you can target farm them. Maybe your chances are up. Go on and do that. Another note, which people who aren't necessarily a fan of starting over in seasons will be able to take from this is that your paragon points, your skill points, your potion charges, and your oval capacity upgrades will now carry over into a new season once mm-hmm. achieved with an eternal or previous seasonal round character. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So season two looks like it's going to be bringing a lot of positive change. Hopefully a lot of people can bring some positivity to the discussion when it comes around. <laughs> AMC, you think, you think you're going to get a piece of it? Uh, uh, well, am I going to get a piece of it? No, nah, I mean, That's once I get the two, camp- you think you're get a piece of it? <laughs> once I get the campaign done and done, then I'll be jumping into seasons and that won't be for a while. So odds are I probably won't be in season two, but it, I guess it doesn't start till October. So I think it doesn't October. start till October. That's plenty yeah, of time yeah, yeah, yeah. to finish the last 7% starting. Yeah. Plenty yeah. of time <laughs> once you don't have to play Stardew anymore to get through that campaign. But then there's Mario Wonder coming right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> no, but that doesn't come out till. Oh, wait, that's September is right around the corner. Fuck. Yeah, yeah I guess you're, you're done. <laughs> that's your next game. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, well, I don't think Mario Wonder will be as as all all encompassing, like, is, or all in, like, consuming as. Uh, Stardew has been so I, I do think there will be more time so yeah by October I should be able to start be playing more Diablo and that's the case I cannot wait I'll jump in there maybe eight dub be able to hop in and we could we could still play uh, eight, eight dub is right? totally jumping in yeah, yeah hell yeah and that so, would that would make more sense since we would since the whole point of the season which is to start a new character so everybody's on the same level when they start therefore you don't have a split community with people who are max level and people who are just starting so everybody hating on seasons and having to start over like this is the exact situation that seasons look to accommodate like my boy my boy just doesn't have time so eventually when he does a new season will start we'll be at the same level we'll be able to adventure together in a meaningful capacity and we aren't mismatched by like 40 levels mm-hmm. hell yeah so yeah um yeah I'll, I'll definitely be trying to get down on that because as i said i can't get enough of diablo right now and i'm definitely looking forward to playing as different classes so yeah that's that is in my future as far as i'm concerned they do well is there uh is there another game that you saw that you would like to comment on from from games comedy do we take a look I don't want to get to the big one yet because that's gonna that's a whole thing. <laughs> well, I mean, just a quick hit on this list. Your man Zack Snyder took to the stage, revealed a, a pretty impressive trailer for his movie Rebel Moon, which is coming out pretty soon on Netflix, and also dropped a nugget of info on us in that a Rebel Moon game is in the works. So, uh, AMC, have you seen the trailer for Rebel Moon? No, I did not check that out. 
Uh, so I'm not, I'm not going to waste your time with, with how, how, how did how did it look? Did it look good? Movie looks awesome. Yeah, especially for like a sci a sci fi epic that's going to be on Netflix and it's already got Every, everything sci fi now. Mm. I'm so happy <laughs> <laughs> because for a very long time we didn't have sci fi coming out at the clip that I needed it. Like I need horror and sci fi just on steady flow. Get, and get rom coms back in the mix. Burn all the rom coms. But yeah, uh, something that caught my eye. It's an oldie, but a goodie, depending on who you ask. <laughs> but Cyberpunk 2077, mm. that 2.0 update, it's coming along with the Phantom Liberty DLC. So we got to see a trailer which showed off Cyberpunk in action. With its new, with its new fit, with its new groove, Cyberpunk got its groove back. So yeah, we're getting a lot of stuff. We're getting a dangerous new district to explore. We're getting dozens of new story quests and gigs. We're getting vehicle combat and not in weaponry. We're getting a revamped police system. We're getting a an AI overhaul to the combat. We're getting endless dynamic events and missions. This is the one thing that I wanted most for Cyberpunk because. Roaming around in that world, it's just such an awesome setting. It, there's plenty of places to explore and get lost in. It's just that everything is on a scripted routine. Like there's there's no deviation from what's going on. It isn't as if like just gunfire will erupt down the street and it's a whole thing. It's you know everything's just happening. Like that gunfire that you hear, you're supposed to hear it because over there those guys are supposed to be shooting. The police don't move. <laughs> it was. It was a beautiful backdrop for what could have been, but now what could have been is what's going to be. So I'm looking forward to random events around the season. It's around the around the city. I'm looking forward to random missions. Maybe they got their own radiant story kind of system going on. Gotta gotta tell you, man, Todd Howard about that. They've redesigned the cyberware and the perks in the video. They showed the skill trees and yeah. All kinds of different skills. The one I'm most excited about is that the with the sword skills, you finally have the ability to deflect bullets. And while playing Cyberpunk, the whole time I'm thinking, man, just a couple of skills away from making like a Genji type of character in this game. And now with the bullet deflects, pretty pretty much that Cyber Ninja Fantasy is full and complete because the one thing the Cyber Ninja kit was missing was a, a meaningful defense against incoming gunfire. So with that, we got ourselves Cyber Ninja. That's going to be the build I'm going with when I start from scratch on a new save in order to absorb this game and all its newness and greatness all over again. Uh, we got an all new relic skill tree with its own abilities. So if you played Cyberpunk, you'd know that in your skill tree, there's an area that's malfunctioning, and I guess now that's going to be unlocked and we can finally use it. Uh, they've increased the level cap, which is awesome. And lastly, there are over a hundred new items, including weapons, cyberware, and fashion, <laughs> which I'm all about, especially since the game has that transmog system. So I'm very excited to get into this, and people should know that I, I can't say all, but most of these changes will be coming to the base game as a patch. And there's because, you know, 
I'm sure the dangerous new district is probably exclusive to the DLC. You got to buy that. But you know, if you just have the base game, it's still getting the overhaul. It's still going to be changed in meaningful ways. So AMC, are you looking forward to watching videos at A-Dub playing Cyberpunk 2077 in all its new glory? Oh, man, I can't wait. Especially because the game that I own and I haven't touched yet. Um yeah, it looks absolutely Oh, you awesome. have it. Oh, t- yeah, yeah. <laughs> you haven't touched the first time you're gonna play Cyberpunk is 2.0. Yeah, no, it's gonna be oh, yeah, I won't I won't have I'm any so of, jealous. <laughs> I won't have any of that bullshit that people are like, oh, but I remember the launch. It's like I don't. <laughs> uh I can't wait. I can't wait for <laughs> based on the, the, the trajectory of this development of this game and just how you know people have come around on it who are, are willing to allow themselves to come around on it. It's, it's definitely going to be that Diablo 3 thing that we were talking about when, you know, the next Cyberpunk comes out and people are going to mm-hmm. be like, oh, the, the first Cyberpunk was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you have a refund on your credit card statement right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I wish this one was more like 2077. Yeah. Um, Dude, 1.0. Yeah. <laughs> That game was a masterpiece. <laughs> 2.0 was okay. On my base PS4, that game was everything that I loved about it. Oh God, the first time I see some just random situation break out <laughs> on the streets, I'm going to lose my mind. Then I'm going to jump over a 20-foot wall and solve the situation myself. Yeah, the game looks awesome. I love the... Uh, you, you got... You got like what looks like a little bit of spy hunter going on with uh with like just having machine guns and rockets attached to your car. Um then finally, just, yeah. finally, man, they've been showing off like vehicle combat and um and like marketing of promotional materials. Granted, all CG. It's not like they were showing yeah. it on the gameplay, but yeah. like the the little taste of vehicle combat they gave us in the game as it is now is like, okay, this is this is is pretty like bare bones, but it's a nice layer to the game. If there's just more of this, and like ever since the one instance in like the beginning of the game, there was just no more. But now that's going to be an option, and there's going to be like mounted rockets and things, blow up traffic. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be phenomenal. Um, yeah, so that I like seeing that. That power fist is just like like blasting people with his his charged up fist. Um, oh yeah, I can't wait to figure out what that's about. Yeah, there's just, there's there's a lot going there. Where yeah, I definitely think by the time I play this game is going to be. I mean, it's already from what I hear a phenomenal game. After they you know fi- like got things going right, the the next gen hardware came out and all that stuff ended up being the game that people wanted it to be. And and it, you could tell when when the game first came out. I think it was like on PC, it got like a nine, and then on console, it got like a four. And people were like the game is horrible. Oof. Oof. I don't know if it got a four, but I know it got a terrible score. And I, I do remember it's like, well, if people are are enjoying it on the PC, this seems to be more of like a uh, a where you're playing it situation as opposed a hardware to issue. Yeah, a hardware. Yeah, just like just wasn't developed right for that console. Um, as opposed to it's a bad game, and I think people will try to convince you that it's a bad game where as no no no, it was just it was a broken game if you played it on console at that time especially but now, the base console yeah 
but people they were playing it on PC and they were they were loving it. So it clearly meant that it wasn't a bad game, which is what people would try to sell you on. And so yeah, now it's finally getting it to do now that it's in the right it found the right place console wise. And yeah, and PC players continue to enjoy what they had. So it, it's good. I think the, the the narrative will continue to slowly change. And then by the time the next Witcher comes out, people will have forgotten that Cyberpunk wasn't was an awful game. <laughs> um, Everybody will love Cyberpunk by the time Witcher 4 comes out. Yeah, like uh, Witcher uh, should be more like Cyberpunk. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope they learn I hope they learn from Cyberpunk with the new Witcher. Yeah. <laughs> They should put uh, weapons on the horses. <laughs> <laughs> put a launcher. cannon on my horse. <laughs> yeah. Put a rocket launcher on it. Start doing, start doing donuts. <laughs> tear the horse in half. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Uh, next game of the show. Next, next game of the show. Of <laughs> next game of the show. show. Uh, this one, a dub being, thank goodness you're here. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so from the epic makers of the Untitled Goose game, publisher Panic Inc. has announced, thank goodness you're here, a quirky game with a distinct hand-drawn art style and a wonderful wackiness that needs to be seen to be believed. Yes. In the trailer, we catch glimpses of someone's pants falling down while they are looking at a sign that says normal milk and someone bouncing off someone else's butt and much more. Yeah, this game it had everything that, like, Every time, anytime I see like these hand drawn art style uh, styles of games, I, I'm immediately like, sign me up. <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah. I, I was upset when, uh, was it Plucky Squire got delayed and, and yeah. Devolver's delay, delay, uh, <laughs> conference. Um, and yeah, and I, I just, I can't wait to see this one. It looks awesome. It looks like, it looks like every uh every like adult swim show <laughs> that came on after a certain time. Yeah. Uh like a little with a little bit of like like, like Uncle Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. With like a little bit of like R crumb, like like um humor mixed into it. Uh very crude, but awesome. Uh I yeah, I'm I'm feeling this. I don't know what the game is about. It looks like it's it's like platformy. It looks like it's like genuinely a funny game and quirky. And yeah, I can't wait to see more what this game has to offer and if they capture anything that they got right with untitled goose game as far as a game that's more about you know the vibe it's like almost more about vibes than it is like breaking down the moment to moment <laughs> gameplay then i think which i've tried to do desperately yeah <laughs> just 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 be vibing it's like how how are these things connected <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just vibes dude. it's just vibes <laughs> Um, yeah, what did you think about this this game reveal? <laughs> I, I actually feel a little more. I feel a little more like certain about it now that you bring up the idea that it's just vibes, <laughs> like <laughs> because like it, <laughs> it's like oh go over there oh that person's doing something oh why don't you why don't you hit that person all right I hit him now I'm running <laughs> like oh, person, but... <laughs> oh he's over there selling watches like, you should go over there. I'm Table, <laughs> <laughs> like back it's 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 untitled goose game, but as a dude, yeah. <laughs> and you just show up and you you do whatever you feel like doing in a given situation. There's, there's, there's so many things to do. Like I don't even understand how the game's going to control. Like one minute you're smacking some dude's butt, next minute you're you're breaking a table in half. Next minute, you're jumping down a well. Next minute, you're catching bubbles with a net flying away. <laughs> and then you're, you're going through a sewer pipe. 
<laughs> and the whole like it's it's beautifully drawn. I just want to know like something. I I know absolutely nothing about it. I I saw what looked like a bunch of completely unrelated scenes of just pure silliness, which is dope. But I would like to know, like, how is this world stitched together? Is there a point? If so, what is it? Or is it just vibes? And I just run around and I do me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, is is this the I'm out here doing me game? I'm just doing me, having a good time, getting a good laugh while playing this game. <laughs> you just put it on a party, you sit the controller on a table, and it's like, anybody wants to play for a few minutes, go do your thing. <laughs> See what you come up with. <laughs> I don't know. But, I don't know, man. Like, I liked Untitled Goose Game because it had the thrust of, you play as a goose, you're trying to cause mayhem, you got a checklist of, of mayhem-oriented items, get them done. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I, I gotta see what I gotta see more of the like. What's the like, are there are there boss battles? <laughs> like, <what's, laughs> is it open world? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> I gotta see more, but I want to yeah. see more. So their trailer did its job. I'm, I'm I'm not excited, but I'm very intrigued by any new information about yeah. this game. For me, I'm just excited that there's. You know, they're, they're always talking about, like, everything has to be AAA now because nobody's mm-hmm. buying anything else. But I'm happy that there's still, like, games like this that are just being put out. Like, <laughs> it's like, we don't know. We don't know, like, what it's going to be. But, you know, there's it's a game for somebody who just isn't into playing, you know, a big open world, whatever style of game. Like, that. You still have these, a thousand fingers. Yeah, yeah. Like, you still have these couple of games, like, these games coming out where it's, it's probably like a like a, a 10 to 15 hour experience at the most. And you're just getting laughs. Like kind of like, you know, like South Park was kind of going for that where it's like, hey, we're going to be kind of like a quirky game. But then they they actually ended up like putting together like an interesting game from from like an, a turn-based RPG perspective, at least with that one. Um, and so, yeah, it seems like with like, we're just getting more games that are just different. <laughs> and that's what I, that's what I like about this. It's just like, give me something that isn't, you know that same old bullshit that I've been playing, <laughs> so I can so I can just mix this into the uh, the rotation every now and then. Yeah. But a dub, what's the next game that caught your eye? Let's show game game of the show. You know what? I'm a, I'm gonna go to a pretty meaty one here. One that really took me by surprise the most in this whole presentation that I'm not seeing anybody talking about. Crimson Desert. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So this is being developed by Pearl Abyss. I don't know much of anything about Pearl Abyss. I almost want to think that they're the people who made Black Desert online. But let me just look this up. Yeah, they made Black Desert. So that makes sense. Yeah. So Crimson Desert is not a Black Desert. It's a medieval fantasy type. Well, it's a medieval game. I don't know. It actually does have fantasy. So... Yeah, it's a medieval fantasy game. It's open world. The best way that I can sum up this game in a way that people might be able to process it without looking at it for themselves, it's imagine imagine if GTA 3 was being revealed again for the first time, but it's a medieval game instead of in a city. <laughs> and that's basically what Crimson Desert is. Like We get introduced to the character not by name or know by story or anything but just running around doing his thing and 
in medieval world wherever everything he's doing takes place. Next thing you know, a fight breaks out. He's having a fist fight. People in the city, the water effects are beautiful. He's doing sweeps. Everything, the, you can feel the impact of the hits. Like the animations are just beautifully done. There's a lot of action going on at any given time. And then things start to get really crazy. So now he's fighting with a bunch of knights outside and like hits a, a watchtower and that, sh that breaks the leg and it falls over. It shatters into a bunch of pieces and falls all over everybody. And then he's riding a horse and, you know, doing donuts on the horse, shoot people in the head with arrows. And he's jumping off a cliff and turning into birds and gliding down to the, gliding down to earth and landing on a horse. And it, it just keeps going. Eventually, magic gets introduced. Eventually, like other realms get introduced. And then mechs get introduced. And a, a mech dragon gets introduced. Explosions. Dressage. <laughs> I, I could just go on. This, this feels to me like the GTA 3 moment for this developer with this game. I'm 100% hoping that it's a single player game and not some some on like you know some online free to play kind of thing black desert i believe that was an mmo rpg this so far is looking like a single player kind of deal but we'll see what happens when the information starts coming down and we get closer to the official release of this title uh ign writes a lengthy gameplay trailer was revealed that gives a good idea of what players can expect from this game, including sword combat, toppling structures, bow and arrow fighting, fighting on horseback, fishing, hijacking carriages, petting dogs, cuddling kitties, and much mm -hmm. more. <laughs> those are those are two of the cool elements. It, it seems in this game, especially with the way it's presented, the way the visuals are, it looks like they just took the best elements from every game and rolled them into an individual game. It looks highly polished. It looks very entertaining. It has a lot going on. They haven't even showed off any kind of like quests or quest systems, a quest log, any kind of menus. Uh, well, they did show some menus. There is like items and things that you purchase, that you cook items as well. There's structures that you can go into and interact with. I'm sure you can interact with the people other than bludgeoning them to death. So Crimson Desert has a lot that it has put on the table, and I'm very excited to see how it all comes together. AMC, how did you feel about it? Yeah, this game looked wacky as hell. Um, it seemed like, like it took like, all the criticisms that were lobbed at um, what is it, uh, Red Dead, and we're like, mm -hmm. all right, we're just gonna we're gonna do all the opposite as far as like the game is not gonna be too realistic at all. You're gonna be kind of doing combos, <laughs> people, yeah. even doing if you're combos like <laughs> body slamming dudes. Yeah, body, like yeah, just throwing like, dudes, other driving. Dudes. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it just looked like it was kind of like uh, not like not as outlandish as like a Saints Row. But in a way, it had like the spirit of of that. Mm -hmm. Where from what I saw, like you say, GTA GTA three, like I say, like Saints Row, where it's like, yeah, you all you all like Skyrim because it was realistic or whatever. You like res like you like Red Dead, but that was too realistic. Well, now this is kind of the fun like medieval game, 
And like it would show like you would get like the uh the landscapes as you're like riding on the mountain. So you got like a taste of that, but then he's kind of like, you know, dancing with the horse, like going back and forth. That's right. Um if, see, like, if you got dressage in your game, I'm paying attention. Yeah, uh there's like a, the as you mentioned, there's there's magic, there's portals, he's he's running through town. Uh it, it has all the uh, all willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's just like everything was just like kind of getting you a moment within the game. And what I will say, a, a thing that has going for is it, it like we had discussed it on like one of the episodes. I think you had mentioned like what happened to all the mini games. Well, it seems like this game brought all those mini games back, yes. whether it's like like taming a horse and, and you got to ride it while it's bucking you, <laughs> just like yeah. Red Dead. <laughs> Like it had like it had a little bit, and then it had like you're falling, so it had like sky cities, just like Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, like it just <laughs> and then like had that fishing. Yeah, like it, it. So it just looked like it was like, like it. It looked like it was basically like a game where it's let's just take all the fun parts of open world RPGs and put it in this game, <laughs> and, and like so, I am curious to see now, like because it does like have all the all the gameplay is there. I think it's one of those things, kind of like was like i never played it but kingdoms of amalur people talk about it yeah. like kind of like oh like it was a fun game like it was missing a thing here or there but like the action was like fun more arcadey and that's what this game kind of feels like like another example would be um if anything it'd be like a a western style um fuck 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 uh what are those games japan the Yakuza games, <laughs> like an arcade. Those, those games they make in Japan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically, like an arcadey open world game is how yeah. is the, the vibe that I got from this one. But those games do well; people love them, and there's something to that. Like, not every open world just needs to be like fun. Like, needs to be so serious. Like, it can just be about having fun, and that's what this game seems to have strived for. So yeah, I, I am curious though, like what will bring it all together is like, what's the story? Is the story at all engaging? Are the mm-hmm. characters in the world engaging? Because that's usually what makes a lot of these games great. Yes. And then, um, yeah. And so I think those are the things that will make it like, you know, from a game that's like, oh, that was like a fun romp to like, that was actually a great experience. Like it had like a little bit of everything. And it also told like a great story. Like it seems like with the Yakuza games, they are like crazy as hell, wacky as hell. But then people are invested in the characters and the uh, the story, and so yeah, if they can get that, yeah, if they can capture that in this game, then yeah, I think it's I think it'll be a game that people are really interested in, and yeah, also surprised that I am not hearing a lot about it. Maybe there's there's more information to come that would that would have us think otherwise. But as far as just a gameplay reveal, I or yeah, like a reveal, I thought it looked really interesting. Not sure if it'd be like a game that I'll I'll be purchasing, but it'll be a game that is like on the radar as far as how people you know receive it. If it's a single player game, I think I'm going to be there. So something when when you were describing how you felt about it, something that came to my mind in regards to this game is like whatever happened to the emphasis that open world games placed on rampages. I remember when that was the big thing. Is it's like oh, just steal a tank. Go to go to town, or just <laughs> just go nuts, run down the street, and do all that. Like this, this game seems to bring back the the spirit of the open world rampage, and is doing so in just current gen graphical glory, along with a, a reasonable level of destructibility, tons of particle effects, beautiful animations. The Crimson Desert 
is something that we should probably be keeping our eyes on. It's probably something we should be talking about more and demanding from the chief. Hell yeah. Let's get to the next game of the show. Game, <laughs> game of, of the, the show. show. <laughs> Uh, this game caught my eye. <clears throat> I haven't played any of the other previous installments in the series, but this one caught my eye because it has co-op a dub. That being Little Nightmares 3. 3. 3. 3. 3. I see IGN write-up says, Little Nightmares 3 has officially been announced with a very spooky trailer that showcased co-op gameplay between two characters traversing a world we wouldn't want to visit outside of a video game. Um, they also announced that there's going to be a podcast along alongside this it's called the sounds of nightmares um check that out after you check out this podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah but never never got into a little nightmares game but seeing that it's co-op it'll be co-op and stealthy and and racy and and a thriller and it has my eyes as a, as a game a potential girlfriend game experience with with jump scares and all the creepiness to boot that's all I really have for this. I've heard good things about all the previous little nightmare games, and clearly with number three, they're doing well enough to keep pumping these games out. So this might be the one that gets AMC to jump into that series. Uh, what did you think about Little Nightmares or Little Nightmares as a whole for for a series? Now I believe I have Little Nightmares as a PS Plus game, one of the the dozens of PS Plus games I've yet to start <laughs> or put any intent toward, but. I've always loved the art style and the premise of it. Like you're a little tiny kid and you're trying to hide from the, the big bad adults running around in their big bad adult world full of hazards and all kinds of dangerous things that you don't want to be nearby, including the adults themselves. So you're hiding, you're creeping, you're crawling. You're doing everything you can to get away from, from this nightmarish environment. Little Nightmares 3 looks absolutely outstanding. Love the visual style and the graphics. Uh, love Love the the suggestion of the kinds of things that you'll be dealing with, especially once that that giant baby kind of figure gets involved. <laughs> it is punched in holes in walls and re- reaching down alleyways with its big chubby baby hands. <laughs> like babies are the ultimate horror mechanism. I think babies need to be utilized more. But yeah, man, Little Nightmares. I've I've been a fan. I'm kind of taken by surprise that they're already on number three. I remember Little Nightmares two came out. With I had no idea they'd be coming out a third one this soon, but maybe I just didn't pay attention in Little Nightmares 2. was probably pretty old by now. So, yeah, it'd be awesome. I don't think, like, I'm not going to go out and get it day one. I still got to play the first one, which I've heard excellent things about. So, I respect it. I'll be looking out for it. Yeah. All right, what else you got, A-Dub? Anything else that caught your eye? Game of the show game. Game of the show. Oh, let me see. Well, I mean, another another quick hit. Ice T, get that, <laughs> getting that mission, <laughs> getting that mission to payday three. I I was talking to AMC in the pre-show when we were looking at all this, and I was like, yo, that's of all the things like a rapper could get involved with in video gaming. Number one, GTA course but number two it's been long overdue that somebody got involved with payday sorry about that we are back yes like i was saying before the tech difficulties it's been long overdue that talent has gotten involved with payday because people are playing this game (laughs) they keep (laughs) pumping out sequels they keep going above and beyond what they've done in the past 
somehow this franchise is successful. I, I seldom hear anybody talk about it. I think there was like when Payday 2 was out, I think maybe I heard one or two people remark of how they're playing it. Didn't say anything good or bad about it. Just like, oh, yeah, playing Payday 2, waiting for this next release. So, I mean, that payday money is there. That payday money is stable and reliable. Ice-T, go on, get your payday money. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that's an excellent that's an excellent partnership on content. AMC, how did you feel about that? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's perfect. Ice-T is... First of all, Ice-T should be narrating a lot more stuff in video games, just in general. <laughs> but, well, I mean, um, he was the voice of an NPC at uh, Borderlands 3. That's what I'm saying. He needs to be narrating more stuff on video games. It's such a unique voice that yeah. needs to be out there. Like he needs to be on stage with Troy Baker doing shit. Yeah. Like I'm, <laughs> I have no problem with uh, with your boy Keith getting uh, Zavala, but if they were like Ice T is now the voice of Zavala, I'd be like, hell yeah. Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying no. to tell you, man. <laughs> no, Ice T should be the voice. Should be the voice of. Oh, what, what? What's the robot? <laughs> <laughs> the robot. What are you talking about? Claptrap? Are you talking no, about? No, uh, in Destiny 2. Oh, uh, no, I don't know the name of the robot. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, he's coming back in the final shape. It would have been amazing if he had the final voice with Ice T. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my voice changed. What a play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got that new AI. <laughs> we, we fight in the fucking. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, uh, I'm having it. Makes total sense for for payday. It's a game that people people just play it. You don't hear much about it, but yeah, it's it's very supported. Its community is like they put out like a uh, they don't put out paydays like every year. Like these games come out like you know they we're on what payday three, and I feel like payday's been around for decades now. Who knows how long? But it feels like it's been decades. That means they don't put out games all the time, but yet their people play them enough to support them all the way through each, each, uh, I guess each version of the game. And so, yeah, uh, I think it's great. I think people are loving their payday. It's the OG bank robbery simulator. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's cool that they got iced tea because that is a match made in heaven. Yes. Um, so yeah, I got no more to say on that. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? What else do we got? Next um, game of the show. Next, next game, game of the show. show. I mean, you know, we can get into the final things. You know, this one we'll put. I'll kind of put these two together. It's the fighter segment. We got we got some reveals of we got a reveal of two new characters in Mortal Kombat One. So that being Mortal Kombat One made its presence felt at opening night live with the new gameplay trailer that showed more of the game in action and revealed that Sindel and general shall or show will be joining the, the roster motaro and shujukin shujikin shujinku <laughs> Shin, mm-hmm. shujinko will also be added as cameo characters uh we had to see raiden whooping that ass it was absolutely awesome uh let's see and then tekken 8 we got uh or a release date reveal alongside a new trailer Bandai namco revealed at gamescom opening night live now, Tekken 8 will officially be released on January 26, 2024, 4-4 on PS5, F- Xbox Series X and S, and PC. We also caught a glimpse of the game's single-player mode that looks to honor the old and wonderful days of the arcade scene uh, with all the chibi goodness that you love. Um, hey, hey Doug, what do you think about this? We got Tekken coming in January. We got Mortal Kombat 1 about to storm the shores. 
Uh, just this is like a renaissance of fighters. But what do you think about these two fighters that were? We, we already got Street Fighter Six out. Mm. So you said Mortal Kombat. We got Tekken. I mean, Mortal Kombat looks like it is just a masterpiece. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> just it's uh, man. I was already in love with the way that they do things, like through Injustice, where their combat systems are more animation based rather than you know, twitch reflex timing base, such as a Street Fighter, where you just have to be perfect. You have to be frame perfect in order to be successful once you start getting into, you know, more challenging things like that. But with the Mortal Kombat injustices, but especially Mortal Kombat 1 as it is now, it just, it looks like they're really fighting. It looks like these are really combat masters and they are just squaring off, going toe-to-toe, using their moves, their technique, and their execution is perfect, but it's it's the little things and the attention to detail. Like Raiden does this move where he walks up your body and then kicks you in the face. And that's just a move. It's not like it's a special move. <laughs> it's just, oh, that's just part of the combo. It, it's that kind of stuff. They have another enemy where he has a big ass axe and he can whoop your ass with the axe. And then he does the big downward slash, which embeds the axe in the floor. And then he's just beating your ass with his bare hands. And then he can come and hit you where the axe is and then raise the axe up and drop the axe. Like it's it's still a it's still a valid threat on the battlefield, even when it's not in his hands. It's still controlled by him. And just Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat 1 looks amazing. Tekken 8. I love its hardcore dedication to, you know, just textbook Japanese silliness, talking shit, doing wacky stuff, punching holes through brick walls. Women have cat ears on, but they're like serious badasses. Got a bear. Got a bear (laughs) or a fish that turns into a rocket. (laughs) It's it's just it's it's wild. It is utterly wild and. I'm just I'm happy for fighting game fans. I wouldn't really consider myself a fighting game fan, but I am a fan of fighting games. But the the FGC, as they call it, they're eating right now. Already got Street Fighter Six, about to get Tekken Eight, about to get Mortal Kombat One. All of these games looking like they're just the peak of what these franchises have to offer. And honestly, I don't think I don't think like this is even the highest point that we'll get from these games. I feel like these developers are just going to take it higher and everybody's just going to rejoice, man. Like this, this is indeed a renaissance for fighting games. Street Fighter out here making people all right with live service games. So like, just sit back and digest that for a minute. Yeah. Well, it's a fighter dub. It's not really a live service game. Yeah. <laughs> and the way that it does it, it makes it way yeah. more palatable. <laughs> it's like that's the point of them continuing to put out yeah, new like live they, service games is to add, eventually find the formula where you're okay with it and they can make money from it. Yeah, it's like they let you know right out the gate we have a roadmap where more characters are coming and people aren't like, they should be there at launch. Why are you, yeah, why, why are you locking away content? <laughs> But let them let, now let developers say, "Oh, it's because of the Xbox Series S that we can't get the characters." <laughs> oh, just put it on the X with the characters. Put it on the S without the characters. 
It's only single player on the S. <laughs> That's you, only have, you only have story mode. Yeah. There's no arcade mode. Yeah. <laughs> no arcade mode, no online. Ugh. But yeah, um, yeah, it's uh it's great. It just shows the intelligence of it shows the intelligence let's always say it shows the intelligence of his communities based on how they react to things. You see, like Nintendo, they put out games. People aren't sitting there like, why isn't this game running at 60 frames per second? (laughs) Like, they know what they're getting. And I think with fighting, the fighting game community, they, for the most part, know what they're getting. That's why it's it's when the casuals come in to play fighting games. That's when things get weird. Start with their bullshit. Yeah. And so the casuals come in to Street Fighter and they're like, where's... There's no campaign. I, I that's the only thing I played with Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like, well, this game is made for people who go to like tournaments and duke it out for for cash, yes. for cash prizes. <laughs> but people are like, well, where's my? I need I need some story with Ryu <laughs> in order in order to play then, Street Fighter. Then it's a niche game. It's yeah, appealing I, to a small segment of the market. It, you mean the entire fighting game community? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's great. It's good. I'm I'm happy. I like to see that Tekken is coming out in early January. So all these games are going to be coming out within months of each other. Um, and yeah, it's it's awesome. Between Street Fight, we got like the the pillars. We got Street Fighter, we got Mortal Kombat, and we have Tekken. And when we all those games Injustice are Justice Three, I know. But yeah, you can't get Injustice without Mortal Kombat. It's like they got to trade off. Maybe we'll get it next. Um. So yeah, it's. It's awesome. It's great. Uh, I was happy to see these. Um, any other games at the Gamescom showcase opening night live that you would like to talk about, A-Dub? Or maybe a moment? A moment. Well, the, the moment I want to talk about leads into other moments throughout the week. So I'll just get right into it. Your man Todd Howard took the stage. And he's, you know, just chit-chatting with your boy Jeff Keighley, talking about how, you know, if 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 Todd Howard is going to leave the office and go overseas to Europe to a gaming convention, then it's going to be because he just revealed the first new IP in 25 years. So, yes, he went there. He he came. He saw he conquered. And since then, uh, they constructed a theater that they were using to show, what is it, a, a behind-closed-doors demo of Starfield to the people who were lucky enough to be attending in person however he was also doing interviews there were tweets being made a lot of information about starfield was beginning to circulate including a a particular offhand comment made by your boy pete hines (laughs) about what goes on with the story of the game so in a in an exchange that he paraphrased on twitter uh pete hines says I told Todd I hit about 80 hours. Todd was like, what do you think about the main quest? Pete was like, oh, I haven't done it yet. Todd was like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, uh, what Pete basically says here about Starfield is that we intentionally don't talk about the main quest a lot because, truthfully, it is super spoiler. Spoiler. But I'm here to tell you that this game doesn't even really get going until you finish the main quest. Uh, The Hines goes on again to say that story is my favorite, but that's the game studio's story. 
It's my favorite, but that's the game studio's ending to a story, and I hope people enjoy it as much as I am. So, yeah, it's looking like this comment means to suggest that Starfield might might have a bit of an end game to it. Might have a bit of a maybe. There's a bunch of content that unlocks along the course of completing the campaign that populates the world with different peoples and things that you'll be able to engage with that you won't be able to enjoy if you just go off doing your thing without completing the campaign. It's a very, it, it reminds me of Diablo 4 in ways where a lot of people were like, oh, well, I'll just play on world tier two and grind my way to level 100. Like, motherfuckers are complaining about the grind to level 100 on world tier four, where you're making like two or three times the experience. You're going to grind on world tier two? Okay. But Blizzard came out and they were like, yo, you know, you, you want to get to the campaign. We staggered the release of the season in order for people to play the campaign, complete it, so that you can play the season in the first place. But they wanted people to get to the end game where things really open up and get to the higher world tiers. And here we are with Bethesda saying similar things about Starfield. Now, there's a number of ways to interpret this. And some folks have interpreted it (laughs) in a negative way, in a dark way. In a bleak and dismal doomsday, we got Troll of the Show. 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 Yes. We got your Troll of the Week. They come in sideways at Pete Hines. They come in sideways at Todd. They come in sideways at Starfield in space where there is no up. How do you do that? First troll says, this game, no, wait. The first troll says, the future of this whole lousy industry is bleak. (laughs) Wow, that's that's what you got from a dude saying that the game doesn't really get going until you finish the campaign. Uh, Next troll says, when does it get going? When we uninstall. Uh, Next troll says, good for people with hours to burn to see the game through completion, but telling people that really good stuff doesn't start until the game ends definitely will be a turnoff for some. But why, though? Like, it's a staple of the open world genre that, yeah, you get dumped into this open world, you can go off, you can do anything, you can go anywhere. However, if you don't advance the story, then things don't happen. Things don't change. Things don't get added to the world. The biggest example of an open world game that changes over the course of the campaign that I can bring to the table is Days Gone. That game, it's pretty awesome the way it is when it starts. However, over the course of the campaign, you're introduced to new mechanics, which opens up new resources for you to loot in the wild, which then also helps you helps introduce you to new enemy types that then populate the world randomly and introduces you to different locations and places and things. The the days gone you play when you complete the campaign is a much improved version with more options, more items, more enemies and encounter types than you experience at the outset of the game. So I understand that people like to run wild in Bethesda games and do what they want just ignore the main quest, but maybe there's something to this idea that perhaps you should finish the quest first 
so that when you're running around and doing your own thing, it'll be a much richer and fuller experience. But I digress. Next troll says, keep in mind, PS5 doesn't have a single good game this year. This game may put Sony out of business. Out of business? <laughs> out of business. Out of business. Just, just going to pack up the tent yeah. <laughs> and burn it. I know, I know we sold a, a million, like hundreds of millions of consoles, but nah. <laughs> nah. Starfield's out. We don't have it. It's yeah. over. <laughs> Next troll says, so it sucks until you complete the campaign. Uh, good to know. And this is one of those extreme opinions where it's like nobody said anything about the quality of the game not being good on the way to the end. Just that once you reach the end, things really get going. Like, dude, it's like you go to a restaurant, you get an appetizer. That's not the end of the meal. <laughs> There's still an entree coming. There's still dessert coming. You ever had mochi? You ever had chocolate mochi? Homie? I don't think you have. Next show says, I will take how to make me not want to buy your game for 500, Alex. Next show says, the more I hear about it, the less excited I get. I still have high hopes, but come on. You're telling me that the main story is just something we should all slog through before we really start to have fun? The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a product of this like unspoken binary that people have in their minds where like if something isn't good, then it's bad. If something is better, then the other thing must be worse. So if I want to, if the game doesn't get going until I beat the story, then the story must not be good. It's like, no, nah, dude. But Todd the God Howard is about to drop that heat on in, in ways that you probably don't even expect right now because they've been so tight-lipped and close to the chest about what it is that they're bringing to the table. Like, case in point, when we saw the Starfield Direct, the one thing that nobody said anything about was this special power that the character had at the end of the Direct. Is that the only power? Can you level it up? Are there skills and traits and perks that help increase that? What gameplay function does that serve? Like, where do you get that from? Do we have contact with the people that gave it to you? Do we have missions and things oriented around the use of that? There's, like, you're not going to start the game with that power. That's something that you get later. There might be more. There might be just, like, there might be an enemy faction associated with that that might be hunting you down to try to steal it from you. Next troll says, stupid as hell. Might as well cancel the pre-order. Next troll, this is another way of saying that the story is terrible and the post-game is better. It's looking like a hard pass. Next troll says, fucking ridiculous. That's just bad design if your game doesn't show its full hand after that much time. If your game can't capture my attention after at least four hours, then you done fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Last troll says, should have just made Elder Scrolls 6. What a disappointment. Uh... Game isn't out yet. Disappointment. Because there is more awaiting you at the end of the story than there is at the beginning. What? 
in what in the nine hills is wrong with gamers these days where every little tidbit of information is skewed to the most extreme negative humanly possible like they showed us what starfield is they showed us what it's about they showed us how it works if that alone isn't enough to instill confidence in you then of course you aren't going to be ready to process the possibility that hey there might be more. There might be better even beyond that thing that you're waiting desperately to play. And mark my words, all these people are going to get it. They're like, oh, yeah, it really opens up and they introduce some things. Mark my words. Or, you know, in the tradition of what we've been doing today, the, the real negative gamer response is like, yeah, I played to the story, end of the story, like they said, and I feel like they owe me my time back. It doesn't really open up. <laughs> it made me less likely to play the game the way I was. AMC, how do you feel about this ongoing nonsense that gamers continue to heap upon the most anticipated releases? Yeah, because no, it, 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 I'm literally playing a game that opens up the further you get down in it, and that's Stardew Valley, where I thought I was done with the game after I did the, what is it, the... the um. I built the community center, which was the big objective in the game when you start playing it. I finished that and oh, I just broke right into the mic. Um, I finished I do that it all the time. I'm yeah, <laughs> I did that. And I literally thought like the game was all right. The game's done. We'll do some decorating, have fun. And then the game will be over. Little did I know the game was just opening up a whole new area of the map opened up all these new um all this new equipment and recipes opened up for things that we can build and add to the farm. Um, all these, all this new like furniture and, and shit, weapons, <laughs> mines, like enemy types, all this new stuff got added into the game. And one thing I always say that kind of like, that's like a knock on, I guess, like, you know, the, the progression of a game is that I'll beat a game and you know you're done done with the game this is these are games where you beat it and you're done done and you'll get like ultimate ability at the very end of the game so like you'll get it and then there's maybe like three hours left in the game or something and they're just like damn i wish i had this like earlier on in the game so i can really appreciate it so what they did is it seems like it's like you're getting all this stuff you're getting introduced to it and you're you're you know working into your repertoire by the end of the game you beat it and then the map really opens up in a way where then now you're you're able to take this and utilize it in in new places you probably get new cutscenes and things not cutscenes but new uh new side content and story missions to play through that aren't necessarily main quests but are, are interesting enough as it is and on top of that you have like yeah like you have all the settlements and and like things that you can build and i'm sure you're going to unlock things that you're going to want to add to those and you'll you'll get like just better weapons and uh, um i guess like different abilities that you can then go in and take to fight like enemies in tougher areas of the map that you weren't necessarily running into in in the main quest story of the game so yeah i have no problem with this i i i know people whenever developers kind of try to you know promote their games in this way people kind of you know they 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 always have like a snide current uh remark towards it like i think about Baldur's gate 3 and before it launched, uh, one of the things Larian said was like, there's like, and I'm just 
throwing out a number here, but like there are three thousand variations to the ending of the game that you could possibly come through. Seventeen thousand. Yeah, yeah, seventeen thousand. And people are like, you know, this is like only like a little thing. Like you might have an eye patch in it in one version, whereas in this one, you yeah, have an eye patch. people try to like down. You got a green sword, not a yellow sword. Yeah. But then they play the game and they and all they comment on is like all the choices and how all the choices feel like impactful within the game. And so that's really what Larry was trying to say is that you're going to have so many choices in the game that like you could play the game so many different ways and your character is going to be a little bit different every time by the time you conclude based on the choices that you make through the game. And But people try to look at it as like what are you really trying to say? You're trying to say that like, this is some like special AI that like nobody else, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, just look at it. It's the developer saying that we put a ton of shit in this game. It's like when CD Projekt Red says there's 10,000 voice lines in this game. It means that there's going to be a ton of content and a lot of depth to a lot of characters because there's going to be a lot of talking and a lot of backstory that they're going to be able to provide for whatever is going on when you're interacting with them. That's all they're literally trying to say. And so, yeah, I think it just means that the world is more fleshed out. There's more content. There's more to do. Um, It's one of those things, too, like we've seen with Diablo. People are like, I played the main campaign. I played the seasonal thing. I maxed out my character. I got the Paragons. And now I've fallen off really hard. And I think that's like, (laughs) it's like one of those things, like with this game, they're going to play 300 hours of the game. They're going to enjoy it. And then they'll eventually fall off of it. And they're going to say, I fell off of Starfield pretty hard. And it's like, yeah, I did everything. And now there's nothing to do. Yeah. And so I fell off of the game. (laughs) And so, yeah, I think people are going to look at it as they always look at it as a challenge of like, oh, so you're saying that this is a forever game? Well, let me prove to you why it's not a forever game. But what they're really saying is that I fell off of it. (laughs) Yeah. But what the developers are really trying to say is there's a shit ton of content. And so if you really like this game, there's going to be a ton to go in here and dive into. We're not saying that every side quest is going to be as big as the next one, but we are saying that there's going to be a ton of side quests. Quests and, and things like that that you can just dive into as you're traversing the world of this game. And so yeah, I people you know people are always on their bullshit, back on their bullshit, but we know what they're trying to say. We know what they're trying to say. Yeah, they, they send them mixed messages, but we're getting a lot of clear. <laughs> Y'all just don't like games. That's what it is. Don't like games. You're trying to sell hatred and see We ain't got no time for that. We see right through it. Get out here with your belly bitching. Oh man, um, it is five o'clock. Um, do you have anything else that you would want to get into before we get out of here? I know you well, have, we have in, in the spirit of the Starfield news, we also heard that there's a new game plus feature, which I'm pretty sure is a first for Bethesda games. Normally you just play them into infinity. I also saw a tweet of somebody who apparently is playing the game and of the information that they posted, something interesting grabbed me, which was that Starfield has no level cap. So they're breaking NDAs though. That's their problem, not mine. (laughs) I just report the news. I don't make. So yeah, just whether you, you want to start things over with with all your stuff apparently the new game plus mode is being done in a manner that that brings new things to the game so that could also be another reason why the game doesn't really open up until you beat the campaign but you know it's something that i'm excited about i, I want to see what they be doing let me see if they said anything uh, starfield delivers bethesda game studios most immersive role-playing since 2006 oblivion 
Howard told GQ, because, you know, you got to. It gives you the flexibility and options to carve out a unique identity and even adds a unique and exciting twist on New Game Plus to incentivize continued and repeat play. So no other details were revealed in regards to what this mode might do or change when it comes to the game. However, that is enough for me to want to prioritize moving through the campaign, getting to whatever this end game the game might hold, or just having the universe opened up the way that the developers intended. And then I very much want to see what's going on with this new game plus and getting into that. AMC, are you going to be coming back to A-Dub's house when the new game plus starts? <laughs> Hell yeah. I want to see what this new game plus is all about. Maybe uh, there's some, maybe you can go into hardcore mode with all your skills intact. Who oh knows? <laughs> oh my god and are they gonna do like a like a hardcore mode for this because if it's something where i gotta eat food and drink and re refill my oxygen filters oh, yes. oh man oh that would that that's it that's the forever game it's space but that's the rpg where i have to eat and drink manage my my afflictions and infections and things that's the dream yeah Starfield, please just do it to me. Just do everything, <laughs> every which way. I don't care. Have your way with me. I need this game to be the best that any game has ever been. Okay. It will be. It will be for me. So that's all it's for. Yeah. But yeah. So we got the new game plus mode. We got the game doesn't open up until until you get to the end of the campaign. Uh, and just another a small bit of news: the Microsoft revealed that the Series X is going to be getting console wraps. So they revealed a couple of a camo console wraps for your your Series X, but then there's also a special Starfield wrap that your boy A Dub is thinking quite a bit about. I might have to do it, but I don't think I am. Like it, it isn't. These aren't special edition consoles, and maybe this is my maybe this is Microsoft's response to PlayStation having custom plates for the PS5. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, they're pretty cool. I'm very interested in the Starfield one, and I believe they're reasonably priced at about fifty or sixty bucks, and that's way better than paying five hundred dollars for a whole other console just to have a different skin on it. So you know, if you're into customizing your console, this might be something. That's about all I got for Earth Day. All right. We got anything else before we get out of here, Adele? Sit, my boy. All right. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. You are Control Issues. Thanks for coming. Suckers. Oh, shit!